Hi, and welcome to the Rostrum Agency Managing Reputational Risk Podcast with me, Grant Baber. In this series of podcasts, I'll be discussing crisis and reputation management from a public relations and media perspective. I'll take a look at the definition of a crisis, what it feels like to be engulfed in a media storm, the role of a crisis communications team, and what steps businesses and individuals can take to minimise media exposure around reputational risk. Each episode, I'll be joined by guests who will give their unique insight into managing reputational risk. And of course, I'll give my take from a PR perspective. Having started my career as a journalist before becoming a company spokesperson and PR professional, I've seen all angles of a crisis. So join me and my guests as we delve into the issues that play into managing reputational risk. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Johnny Cassidy. As a BBC journalist and co-chair of the BBC's Disabled Staff Network, Johnny is a fervent advocate for accessibility. We'll be delving into the much-anticipated Accessibility Act and finding out what organisations can and should do to ensure they meet the upcoming guidelines. Johnny, the the first question I ask every guest, how do you define a crisis? Mm, That's a good question, Joe. I I guess crises come in many shapes and forms, don't they? But I suppose... It's something maybe that you haven't planned for. You know, in all my time working at the BBC, you know, as a producer, as a journalist, as a project manager, I'd like to think that I try and manage risk and head off crises before they become crises and have plans in place, you know, to mitigate those crises. But obviously, as we know, like so things don't always go like that. So I guess I guess for me, like you know, in answer to your question, a crisis is something that's maybe an unforeseen we've heard the term before black swan event haven't we? it's something that you haven't mitigated for or mitigated against and something that catches you off guard perhaps uh, and you have to scramble to try and do something to head it off at the past before it really explodes absolutely and, and on that that black swan event or or things maybe the organization should have prepared for but but haven't I mean, and is your role as, as part of the bbc accessibility disability side of things there is some regulation coming in in the next couple of years are organizations treating that as a bit of a black swan event that they they're not yet planning for and they should be um i guess if we're thinking about a black swan event as something that isn't on the horizon you know who would have seen you know a global pandemic you know who would have had that in the risk management <laughs> process yeah you know, so i suppose you can you can think about things you know, should we have stuff like a meteor hitting your building should we have you know, a tidal wave swamp in London, you know, who knows, like, you know, maybe, maybe we should, you know, but with some, I guess the stuff that you're talking about is the European Accessibility Act that's coming in 2025. Yes. And I would like to think that businesses, all businesses should be thinking about it, Joe. You know, and if they haven't, then I would suggest, you know, really getting your finger out and talking about it because, you know, I'm planning for it because, Although you mightn't think that it impacts on you um, as a business, you know, I think the simple bottom line is that it does. So just just as a bit of background, the European Accessibility Act, and it just as a, as a broad, broad overview, legislation is coming into to place in 2025. And it means that anybody selling products, any digital products, you know, that can be your know, online services, but beautiful thing about it in terms of accessibility it's it's anything it is digital you know radios tvs phones cash machines you know ticket terminals anything you know that people are making producing selling in the european market 
you'll need to adhere to these new accessibility guidelines and rules. And I think the the thing that people mightn't think about is you know, that it's it's if you are supplying it into the EU, so it's everybody across the world who has got any customers at all in the EU market that sell those sort of things. And if you are a business, perhaps in the UK, that don't sell into the European market, you might think, right, okay, well, I'm off the hook for this. I don't really need to. But I think you know, it, it's, it's really, really worth thinking about the edge that your competitors are going to have who do sell into that market, who do make their products more accessible um, you know, to, to adhere to the guidance. You know, it means that they've got the edge on you and you're, you're going to fall behind because we know that making stuff accessible just for disabled people has the knock-on effect of making it far better and more usable for everybody. Absolutely. And that, that leads itself to to that the Purple Pound and, and the Purple Tuesday, which says, you know, there's the audience of the £249 billion. Pounds. It's more than that now, Grant. I think it's more. I think it's £274 billion. Like, you know, that, that, it's always rising, isn't it? Like, you know, and that's an estimated... You know, and it's not just disabled people, it's disabled people and their families. You know, that, that's the important thing to do. You know, you to understand that, you know, so no matter how much money we're talking about, let it be, you know, what you said, or that they increased to under the 74. You know, it's a heck of a lot of money that your businesses could and should be chasing. Absolutely. And do you think firms right now are, are doing enough on the accessibility front and, and reaching that audience? Yes and no. You know, would I say that, you know, the, the landscape, the environment, the climate for accessibility is as good as it could be? Absolutely not. No way. Nowhere near it. You know, if we're thinking just about websites, WebAIM, who are a, an organization in America, who could look, they do a, you know, an accessibility report on the top million homepages across the world every year. You know, they, they estimate that you know, around 96% of all of the websites on the on the on the internet of some sort of accessibility issues right. you know you would hope that that is going down um you know and i think i can certainly see and experience better environment for accessibility you know i'm a screen reader user so accessibility impacts on me not just in my job and what is passionate about what i'm passionate about but you know as an end user you know, as a simple user journey, if I go onto a website now that isn't accessible and I'm going to, I want to buy something, I bounce straight away. You bounce away from it straight away. And I'm not the only one that's doing that because, you know, there's going to be websites to do it and the user experience is going to be far, far better. It's going to be far nicer. It's not going to be as frustrating. And ultimately, they're going to get my cash. And the ones that are the, 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 the ones that are doing it better will get my cash and the ones that aren't won't. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and on that front, are there, you know, are there those those industry players that are looking at it and just going right? This is the next thing that I can look at that I can make money really quickly. So you know, whether it be accessibility website scrapers and things like that, that that people need to be aware of. If absolutely, looking, if they are looking to make changes to their websites to make them more accessible, absolutely, and it's a really really good point. You know, there's a myriad of companies out there that promise the world you know and if anybody you know, i'm talking about overlays um, and yeah. you know and if anybody wants to believe overlays i've got a whole load of magic beans that they can have for a really knockdown price you know overlays promise but can't deliver just as a bit of background again about overlays overlays are a piece of software a piece of code companies 
say to businesses, look, if you want to make your website accessible, use this piece of code. We will put it on for you at a premium rate. Suddenly your website's accessible. That's not the case. You know, and you know, nine times out of 10, it's not just that it doesn't make it accessible. It actually impacts on the stuff on your website. It is accessible. You know, there's been a whole load of consortium or a consortium of people, different industry bodies and accessibility experts that have got together and you put out a lot of columns about overlays as a warning to people. But obviously, you know, there is going to be people that believe it. But I would just say, you know, avoid people that promise you the world um, and overlays is something like it because you know, the bottom line is the snake oil. On that front, you know, there will be a lot of organisations, a lot of businesses looking at how to make their websites more accessible. So if if overlays aren't, aren't the solution, what kind of things should they be looking at? What tools, what services, what solutions, what what things can they do to to improve their accessibility? Well, I suppose there's different choices, isn't there? If you're a small organisation and you're buying in your web design, your website design, and you're getting somebody to manage it, you're within your procurement contract or within your procurement policy, when you're looking to tender out to people and putting that out there, make accessibility one of the pillars. You know, a lot of people now look at sustainability, for example. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a red line that businesses have to be sustainable. That's what customers are interested in, you know, and they're not adding to the carbon footprint. So the same can be said for accessibility. If you have that as a stipulation when you're going out to tender, you know, and you understand a bit about accessibility, you know, and stay clear of overlays, as we said, you know, there are people, they're web designers, and you know, it, it's becoming really, really hot in the development world that people understand what accessibility is. And we're not just talking about screen reader users. You know, I think estimates in the UK, around 24% of people have some sort of impairment or condition. And if we think about that, about blind people, which is most obvious that have got constraints for accessibility, but then there's people that have got cognitive differences that don't do use a website in the same way. There's people who've got um, motor impairments that they, they need to use all their input devices rather than a mouse. So, and if you think of all these things, and if you get somebody that'll design for all those different potential customers, so it's going to have a real big impact on your bottom line. So if, and then if you're a bigger organization, you, know, you could be embedding it into what it is that you're doing. So if you build or buy, you know, there's different choices that you have to do, but like, you know, people should be aware of it. And there's lots of people on the web that you can talk to and, you know, there's a hashtag A11Y, and I can't remember. It's one of those words, isn't it? And there's there's a name for them words that stand for something, you know, as a as a shortcut. But A11Y is hashtag A11Y. It's about digital accessibility. So that 11 in the middle is the amount of letters that is in between the A and Y. So if you do hashtag, hashtag A11Y, you'll find a myriad of doesn't loads and loads and loads of people talking about it. The community is very welcoming. You know, people be only too willing to help. And so I would say, like you four businesses wanting to do it, don't be afraid. You know, it has to start somewhere. There's a a really sort of big accessibility guru called Sherry Byrne Havers, and she's American. You know, her mantra is accessibility isn't a problem to be solved, it's a culture to be built. That's, and that's a great message. It is, yeah. And if you think of it like that, you know, you want to be spreading it all across your business. 
you know, and not just for some um, web developers, you know, sitting in a corner who are the ones tasked with it. You need to be thinking if you want to embed true accessibility, it is a culture. And that has to go from all your internal comms, your external comms, the tools that you use, the buildings, you know, that you, you have, you know, the, the flexible working arrangements even that you offer people. So, and all those things added together to you know, really go some ways to break down the social barriers that disabled people face. And if you get rid of all those barriers, you know, then it's going to have a net positive impact on your business. Absolutely. And it's and it's about doing it all all the time and not just when when the spotlight is on you or when there is a a special day in the calendar, for example, in you know, a purple <laughs> Tuesday where you'll see brands kind of shouting about what they're doing around around the issue and then they'll go quiet for for the rest of the year i don't know if you've got any um yeah anything you wanted to add to that point absolutely well purple tuesday you know for people who don't know purple tuesday is it's it happens in november every year i think it's just happened a couple of weeks ago like you um beginning of november i think and it is you know it's a fantastic initiative really you know it's a time to highlight the value of that purple pound um, the 249 or 274 billion that you highlighted, you know, and it's to make businesses aware, you know, that disabled people have got money to spend and they're wanting money to spend. So it's trying to make businesses aware of that to make them inviting, make them accessible. But as you say, there's lots of people that jump on that bandwagon and they don't do it right. We've seen this before in marketing, haven't we? When, when it's Pride Month, people sticking the wee rainbow thing onto their, their Twitter or X biog or you know and as you say going quiet for the rest of the year. But disabled people that you know it's a similar thing. Disabled people understand authenticity and they can sniff people that aren't authentic a mile away. And there there was like you know Purple Tuesday when it just happened. There was there was dozens of businesses that were called out by the disabled community for, for doing exactly as you say. You're trying to jump onto the bandwagon. You know, they're putting up images on their on their tweets, on their posts on X that didn't have any alt text and professing to be like you know champions of accessibility. And just things like that, you know, failures like that, just obvious fails, you know, just makes people think, mm, right, okay, well, no thanks, chum. Yeah. And going back to your point around that that community that, that's out there, how uh, how do organizations kind of educate themselves around the, these issues so that they are, you know, come 2025, they are already but even before then making sure that their their services their solutions meet as many people as possible well you know there, there's there's dozens and dozens and dozens of different consultants and, and you know, people out there that that will help you and guide you through it they're obviously not for free there's people you're doing it as a business <laughs> there are um organizations like the the Business Disability Forum, for example, um, there's other consultancy like Tetralogical, sorry, yeah. or AbilityNet, or they're, they're there willing and able you know, to, to guide people through and to help people through. Uh, but I, if you're going to do it, you have to commit to it. Yeah. So there's no point in saying, right, okay, yeah, I want to make this accessible and throwing a few thousand at it. So if you're going to do it, you have to do it right you know, and really do it for the long haul. And there's no, there's no thing as a hundred percent accessible website. There can't be because things move so quickly. Making website accessible for one demographic could make it inaccessible for another. So it's wow. just about understanding who your audience are, you know, and, and engaging. You know, and there's a lot of PR kudos to be had from it if you're going to do it right. 
Yeah. There, a lot of the big tech firms, Microsoft, unbelievably good. You know, they, they, they've they've really set the standard. Um, LinkedIn, fantastic. Slack, fantastic. You know, these businesses, Slack and LinkedIn, for example, you know, excuse me, in the past, haven't been so great for accessibility. Okay. They've really taken it and run with it because they can see, like, you know, the value of it. Yeah. So what changes have they have they made that you've, you've noticed? It's, well, Slack. You know, it's a, it's a, I think it's a really good example. They've stripped out all their UI, their user interface, broke it down, built it right up from the ground. You know, so it is accessible. It's slicker. It's sleeker. When a screen reader can use it with ease, you know, it's this universal design philosophy, isn't it? That yeah. Everybody can use it. So I'm really impressed with what they've done. I'm really impressed with what LinkedIn have done. You know, it's the same. They've, they've engaged you know, at a high level. You know, developers... IT architects, your accessibility experts, but it, it's the messaging is coming from the chief exec down. You know, yeah. that this is the sort of thing we need to be doing. It makes it better. It just makes it better for everyone. Like you said, it, it's making sure that that message seeps down and it's it's truly ingrained in the business. You now I do a lot of, of media training, and some of the topics that I talk about are things like board diversity. And one organisation, you know, I'll go in and train them, and they'll say. We're really keen on board diversity. We're telling all our clients about it. And then I go and have a look at their website and their own their own board is anything but diverse. So it's about bringing in the, the knowledge of the things you don't know, finding the people who do know what it is and, and skilling it around that and getting insight into the people that have those issues that, to make sure that everything they're building, the services, the solutions, the, the websites, the user interface, as you said, is is appropriate to the people that not only you want to reach, but that you might be reaching anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, but I wouldn't use the term issues. You know, that, like you know, there's a there's a danger of saying, right, okay, we're building for for people with issues. It's not you're you're building for a big massive chunk of the community who are different. You know, and it's not necessarily an issue. It's it's a difference. Yeah. You know, and if you engage with that, you know, and I think neurodiversity is a big massive thing that we're going to see a lot. Of people really taken a lot more seriously now, you know, for for well forever, I guess. The society has been built around what has been perceived as like you know that normative brain function. Yeah, you know, and it's just not the case. And we're really at the forefront, the foothills of what we understand about those differences and, and the way different people are wired and the way different people work. You will see it in schools and we see it in businesses. A lot of times we're just not set up to really allow people that are, are wired differently to, to flourish and to blossom and to grow. And the businesses that are understanding that, they think they've got it. Yeah. You know, it's understanding that by bringing stuff that, you know, a boss, a chief exec doesn't know what he or she doesn't know, you know, and they think, right, okay, well, why do we need that? We don't have any disabled clients. I think you do. You know, 24% of the population has some sort of impairment, disability or condition, you know, then you most certainly do. You know, so I think it's crucial to have that difference of thought and and allow people, if you're bringing them into your organization because of the difference, don't expect them to coalesce around the culture that already exists. If you're bringing people in because of the difference, allow that difference to be embedded into the culture to really make the business grow. Yeah, that is a massive, massive opportunity for, for organizations. In 2025, this legislation coming in is probably likely to be just the start. So you can expect organizations, and it might, you know, 
looking at that date is you know, was it you know 14 months off or or so it could wake up a lot of organizations go right we've met these guidelines we've met these principles now look what now look who we're reaching what can we do next do you, do you see yeah. it that way yeah i do absolutely do absolutely and again this is about authenticity a business businesses are businesses you know if you can look the return on investment that you're getting by investing in accessibility and by investing in diversity. You know, I'm not sure that any business would come and say, look, you know, we put 50K into accessibility and our business dropped off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think that that would happen. You know, I might be wrong. Like, you know, I could be proved totally, totally wrong. It depends how they've done it. But, and who they've got to do it. Like, you know, if they spend 50K in overlays, then, you know, it might well have happened. <laughs> but if you're doing it properly and you put any money, resources, time, effort into it, you know, it's going to have a, a positive um, impact on your ROI. Yeah. And and so if if organizations haven't already got it on their, their radar, I mean, it's, it's now a good time. There isn't as good a time as now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I would say there's no wrong time to do it. Yeah. You know, the right time is now, but there's no wrong time to do it. It takes commitment. Yeah. So, and if your C-suite needs sat down and convinced of it, you know, maybe they're not ready yet. They're not on the journey. They don't have that experience. There's a lot of people that have never come across disabled people who are the thing that they haven't. So if it's not in your radar, if it's not on your horizon, if it's not in your lived experience, then I don't think people can be blamed for, for not doing it. But that can only go so far. When legislation like the European Accessibility Act is coming in, you know, how how many times do people have to be told this is what you have to do before before they actually act? Yeah, yeah. It's it's on, you know, it should be in their diaries. They've got, you know, they've got a countdown now, they've got something they have to meet. So it gives them that incentive to do it. And then as we've said, it may it, it will surely kind of lead them to wake up and go, actually, look, look at all these new customers these new solutions and these new things we're doing these new people that we're reaching with our message and we are being authentic with it like you said that as long as it's the, the money is spelt is spent in the right way then it can only be seen as a good thing yeah absolutely and it's really worth pointing out as well you know and i keep saying it that it's not just disabled people that you're going to impact you know, and, and benefit because you know there's different types of disability isn't there you you have like per, somebody who's permanently disabled you know, it's uh, a, a wheelchair user through an accident or like you're somebody who's blind or something. But you've got situational. So you might have somebody who's nursing their baby and they're trying to use the website or they're trying to use the phone. Or you might have somebody with a broken arm or you might have somebody, you know, that's, you know, just had a cataract operation or something like that. You know, you make your website easier to use. You know, for for people that are permanently disabled, you're going to have that situational one, and then there's the temporary ones, like or sorry, temporary and then situational. Situationals, maybe you're on a train and it's really really loud. You need subtitles because the video that you're trying to access, you can't hear it because it's dead loud. Or you're looking at your phone and you know, the screen is really really bright. It's a contrast, brilliant on it. Or the sun's shining on your screen and you can't make your screen out. It's a contrast, really really good because you know, you're doing it for people who've got color blindness so then you know it, we call it the curb cutting effect when you right. do good for a certain group of people you know it benefits everybody and it, it's that thing again you know captions subtitles there's so many young people use subtitles now 
to know when you've got the TV on. Like you might know, my, my children have it and they don't need it. But it you know, it's really good to help people read, people that don't have maybe English as their first language. So and they can't understand accents or something if a drama's on. You know, it's all these things that are done for the benefit of one group of people have that knock-on impact on benefit other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And you see it to go to the LinkedIn example you gave. Videos on LinkedIn, most of them now have got you know, subtitles. You see it on a load of other social media platforms as well. Websites, most of it, it's yeah, automatically with that transcript, which you know all all helps. As you said, it's, it's not going to be seen as a as a hindrance to to mm-hmm. reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. One one thing I did want to ask is AI coming more into into focus. Can you see? AI being used more to to reach these these audiences as well? Absolutely. I'm really, really excited about AI, generative AI in particular. I think it's brilliant. You know, I've got various apps that I use every single day now that are proprietary chat GBT, but they've got different user interfaces on them. Uh, I think the caveat of that would be that we're still at the foothills of what it can do. Yes. And we need, you know, I'm a journalist, you know, so if I was thinking, right, okay, we could use automated generative AI captions, for example. You you would still need to make sure that you have got human editorial oversight on that. The same would be go for alt text. So I can use apps now um, to, to generate proper alt text and give me a really good description of what an image is, what a complex image is, what a bar or graph or a map or infographic is showing. But you do still need to be careful. You they're talking in the AI world about something called hallucinations. Yes. where things are produced, fed back, that mightn't actually be the truth at all. You know, And there's a massive risk. If we're talking about risk, there's a huge risk there of mis- and disinformation and you know, the, the spreading of false narratives. If something isn't got that human editorial oversight, you know, it always should have. But alt text is something that a lot of people that, um, need to be creating it sometimes find quite tricky to describe an image okay. if you can use generative ai to help you describe that image and then you look at it have that editorial sign off point yeah. then why not use it you know it's really really exciting yeah like you said it's it's just in its in its infancy and i'm sure new use cases are coming out every single day you know from the from a pr and communications perspective i'm i'm seeing it from from my side every day but like you with that that guardrail of Remember the misinformation, disinformation, make sure the all the data is appropriate and relevant and going back over it. I think it it's, you know, the human plus AI. It's not AI on its own because that will go off in its own its, its own way and, and may misinterpret or misdirect. So it's about finding finding the guardrails for it. But as you said, yeah, very much in its infancy. Uh, I think as well, I think as well, sorry, Grant, with that, you know, it's it's important to point out about the the potential for bias and inbuilt bias. There has been a lot of rubbish (laughs) that's been published. (laughs) And if we're looking at large language models like OpenAI, they're only taken from what has already been published. So if we think about it as rubbish in, rubbish out, to understand those caveats that there is going to be a lot of bias people will have read about you know, the potential for racist output or sexist output or, you know, the technology is just scraping what exists, you know. So I think absolutely the guardrail is a really good way to put it. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be a really, yeah, really interesting space. One that we're watching at, at Rostrum really closely to see where the 
solutions are, where the the potential pinch points are, where the the threats, the opportunities are. I'm sure each and every organisation, regardless of sector, is looking at it. I'm sure BBC is putting a lot of resources into into AI uh, as well. I only have one more one more question that I I, I typically ask ask guests before we sign off on the uh, on the podcast. But before then, is there anything else kind of before I go on to my last question that we haven't covered today that you think is, is really important around crisis, around uh, the 2025 legislation or or the purple pound? I think you know, it's really just worth underlining again, authenticity. Yeah. You know, if a business is going to do it, make sure that you do it right. And it doesn't matter if you don't have the resources to do it all in one go. It doesn't matter if you know, you're doing it in incremental tiny steps. As long as you're doing it positively and you're doing it authentically, you know, then like you know, it's a win-win. It's a win for you as a business, but it's also a win for your customers. You know, and it, it just makes things better, like you know, for everybody. You know, yeah. so I would say don't be afraid to to ask people, don't be afraid to reach out. That hashtag A11Y is really, really good. And there there is going to be people that can help and direct you in your way. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that's answered the, the last question that I typically <laughs> guess, which is, yeah, what advice would you give to organisations or individuals uh, to help mitigate and, and minimise their exposure to to reputational events? And I think you, you said it there, it's basically find find the experts and, and find the communities and, and talk to them. It is. And again, it's Sherry Byrne Havers. You know, accessibility isn't a problem to be fixed. It is a culture to be built. And if you can ingrain that and embed that through all the different strata of your organization, large or small, you know, it's going to be a benefit for everyone. That is a fantastic way to to end the podcast. What I really like is it, yes, it's definitely an opportunity for organizations. If they haven't started to think about it already, the best day was yesterday, the second best day is today. So yeah, looking forward to yeah, hopefully having you back on the podcast in, in a few months' time to, to talk about this in some more detail. But for now, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Grant. Thank you. My pleasure. This is a Rostrum Agency production, produced, mixed and edited by Rostrum. Rostrum is a full-service communications agency offering PR, content and influencer marketing, social media, training, design and much more. Rostrum is among the UK's top five B2B agencies and a PR Week top 100 agency, specialising in financial services, professional services, consumer and corporate campaigns, as well as crisis management, content marketing and social media. Rostrum creates campaigns and content to help clients punch above their weight. Rostrum measures everything it does, delivering exceptional value for clients' budgets. To find out more, search rostrum.agency.